Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Jake, I think you and I probably share this and that in the job that we're in, you get a lot of like press releases or, you know, email kind of pitches to you about, hey, you know, let's promote this. Let's do that. And oftentimes it's a pretty quick delete for me. I will say I got a press I respond release. to everyone, Kevin. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, nice personal note. Uh, one that I received probably this time last week that made me smile. And I said to Mark Dykton, we've got to get him back on to talk about this. And really, it's probably an annual smile now that has extended, and I can't believe this, post-decade. We are in um, year 11 of the Chuck Strong Gala, and it has raised over $12 million for cancer research at the IU Simon Cancer Center. And a huge, huge part of that, of course, is Chuck Pagano. And he joins us now. Uh, Chuck, when I saw that... I feel like I'm amazed by the numbers every year, and I just can't help but but smile that this event not only continues, but you guys have done just an incredible job in raising money. So thank you for that, and uh, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Coach, I want to begin with this. Um, <coughs> excuse me. As Kevin was talking about, you know, with this ongoing effort, and the incredible amount of money and awareness, you know, that you have been able to to do here with this Chuck Strong movement and now the millions of dollars raised. If you could for us, and I know that I, I think we've had this conversation with you before, but I wanted to rehash it. You know, I applaud you because I, I myself having gone through a health scare at no point you know, the level of yours or the length of time that you went through and the efforts of your journey. But but I knew when I walked out of the hospital, like I felt kind of this obligation of like, okay, now I need to inform people about what I went through and, and you know, how they can be preventative. And for you to not only have that thought, but then also to be able to act on it and continue to do so for, you know, a decade now, can you take me back to when you first perhaps had that epiphany of the fact you had a platform and now kind of an obligation to give back. Yeah. Um, so, it, so it is crazy. Uh, you know, Chuck Strong 11.0, it seems almost surreal. And that just speaks to the, the goodness of, of people. There's so much more good than bad out there. Um, but I remember, you know, being first diagnosed. I remember, uh, those first couple of weeks in the hospital and the, the support that I received from, you know, the, the people here in, in Indianapolis, uh, the people in Indiana, the people around the NFL, friends, family, the team. I mean, I was only here six, seven months. They didn't really know me, but the support that you receive and the letters and the, the texts and the emails and all that stuff showing, you know, encouragement, telling people about, you know, their diagnosis, um, their victory over cancer, what to expect. I mean, it, it helped me get through it. You know, of course, you got to take, you know, the treatment and have chemo and, and do all that stuff. And I was at the right place at the right time and had great care. 
at IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center. We all know that. But then when you get, you know, halfway through it and you say, okay, look, we're going to win. We're going to beat cancer. Um, you, you start to feel that sense of what you're talking about is like, okay, what it, these people did for me, people that don't even know you, probably the support you received, you, you got support for people that you didn't know. I mean, it's like, okay, Tina and I looked at each other, we get through this, we're going to pay this thing forward. And we're going to do the same for others that are going to battle because we all know that cancer doesn't discriminate. Unfortunately, it touches everyone uh, in some form or fashion. So it's, it's, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Um, it's very humbling to be able to, uh, to be here today and continuing uh, to do this and, and helping others get through their battle. I think that blueprint of the journey, Coach, is, you know, it's individualized, right? I mean, everybody, I always tell people, when whenever I hear of somebody who gets that diagnosis, you know, you do you, right? Do what's best for you. Take the journey and the path that is best for you. And I think it's important for people to know that. But for those that, that maybe are just entering that journey and are listening to you now, um, when you first, I mean, before the, the general public knew, before the press release, when you first got that news that you had been diagnosed, were you more scared or more angry? Uh, yeah, probably a combination, uh, to be honest with you. And you always say, okay, why me? You know, why now? You know, you just get your dream job. You spend 28 years uh, grinding away as an assistant coach and, and whatever, and then you sit down and it's and it's news you never think you're going to hear, you know, and you you hear it to other people, but you you just don't think that it's ever going to happen to you. But uh, yeah, I mean those emotions come flooding forward, and then I always tell the story about that last game, you know, before I was diagnosed against Jacksonville and how we lost that game. We go in the locker room, say a few words, and Robert Mathis breaks the team down, and he says, "Hey, you know." There's no pity parties in football. There's no pity parties in life. Let's man up. We'll come in tomorrow, watch the tape, and we keep moving forward. And so at that moment, I looked at Tina, and I said, okay, look. And I looked at my doctor, my oncologist, Dr. Larry Cripe. I said, okay, what's the game plan? What do we have to do, you know, to get through this? So it, it's, a, it's a mindset. I was very fortunate. The type of leukemia that I had, APL, uh, was very curable. It was treatable. Like I said, I was at the right place at the right time. So you just, you know, you lean on your faith, you lean on your family, uh, you lean on your caregivers, and you try to, you know, you stay as positive as you can. You know there's going to be some tough, tough days, some dark days, but you keep fighting, you know, and you never, ever give into it. And you, you hold out hope, and, and, you know, and that's why we're doing what we're doing, research you know, saves lives. So raising money for cancer research uh, is so, so important. Chuck, I think about this every year when the NFL schedule comes out. I, I think back to the 2012 season. Like you said, it was your first year. Um, you guys had just lost to Jacksonville. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was going to be week four, and you had the earliest bye week in the NFL. Like, just the odds of that kind of playing out how it did is a bit surreal, at least for me, I, I don't know how how you felt. If you don't mind, um, I know you've told this story before, but could you share just kind of walking off the practice field leading into that bye week when you realized, man, I, I think something's wrong here, and this is something that needs to get checked out? Yeah, 
like you step back to your point about the schedule when that did came out, you're like, God oh, damn, are you kidding me? Week four? You want it right around, you know, mid season, right? Week seven, week eight, that that bye week, if you will, get guys healthy, all those reassess where you're at. And so yeah, that was that was crazy that it worked out the way because I don't because if it's not week four, I'm not going to get checked. You're going to keep grinding, you keep moving along, and who knows if it's four or five weeks later where you're at as far as your diagnosis or where the cancer's at. So that was uh, that was unbelievable in itself. And then I remember going into the Jacksonville game that Sunday. You get to the I always got to the stadium early, hang out, drink a million cups of coffee, pace the the field, the locker room, you know, guts churning, looking over your notes, and I go into the uh, training room when the doctors arrive and I got all these bruises showing up on my torso. So I have them take a look at it. And they said, Hey, let's get through this game. We got to buy next week. Uh, we'll do some blood work and some tests. So sure enough, we, <clears throat> per the C- new CBA, you can practice like Tuesday, Wednesday, and then cut, you have to cut the guys loose for four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I, they sent a, uh, a nurse in to take draw blood Tuesday afternoon after that first practice and then i got a call from uh doug robertson our team physician telling me that hey your blood works a little bit off i've made you an appointment uh to go see an oncologist out simon cancer center and that's like what are you kidding me because everybody's gone it's just me and my uh, assistant james betcher sitting there um and then you you know you go to wednesday practice wednesday was team photo so we take a team photo have the light practice and then ship everybody out of there. And then, you know, I didn't, I didn't tell Tina. You know, I always tell the story. I didn't tell Tina. I didn't want to scare her. I was just going to drive myself down, go to see this oncologist. Everything's going to be fine. It's not what we think it is and keep moving forward. And the training uh, doc came down and said, Hey, you need to call Tina. You need a ride down there. I said, no, I don't. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. You need a ride. So, Call her, she comes to get me. Very, very quiet ride, obviously, down there. And then you sit there and you get that news. And um, it's not what you're expecting to hear. But, yeah, it was uh, kind of ironic that, you know, that buy happened to come in, in week four. And like I said, right place at the right time. Now, here we are, um, 11th annual Chuck Strong Gala tonight. Again, over 12 million raised for IU Simon Cancer Center and Cancer Research. Among the guest list will include Ray Lewis, your relationship, pretty well documented. Um, do you have a relationship with Ron Rivera? I, I was curious to see that name on the list for tonight. Yeah, you know, when I got the head job in 2012, and you get, I've always admired, you know, and appreciated Ron as a player, coach. Uh, head coach, everything that he's done in the National Football League. He's a stand-up guy. He's a good human being, great coach, but a better person. Uh, him and his wife, Stephanie, Tina and I had, you know, time during those annual meetings uh, in the spring, you know, to hang out and, and kind of get to know each other uh, a little bit better. I ended up going down and uh, interviewing with Ron after 2018, the year I set out, and there was a, a position down there that we talked about, and then the coordinator's uh, gig came about, you know, in Chicago. So I ended up going there, but yeah, I've always admired, uh, Ron, uh, you know, as, as a, as a person and as a man and, and then just watching him, you know, battle in 2020 and, and go through a season very similar and, and, you know, watching his journey. I just felt like after, you know, two years ago when BA came, 
and join me on stage with uh, with AC and kind of having that fireside chat, if you will. I thought it'd be awesome for for Ron and Stephanie to join us and for Ron to be able to have an opportunity to share, you know, a little bit about his journey and, and where he's at with this whole cancer research. And he's, a, you know, he's a great advocate for it. Coach, before we ask a couple football questions here, I, I wanted to touch on one other thing. And I'm going to go off my memory here, which is dangerous to do because I'm, I'm getting older, you know. But um, I recall one of the first press conferences when you came – you know, out of the darkness, so to speak, and you were returning as a coach. And you told a story about, I think it was a young kid that either had given you advice or or somehow delivered to you popsicles because of the lesions in your mouth that takes place during the treatments and, and they recommended the popsicles and so you were eating the enjoying the popsicles. But for you, was there a, per- a period or a point where you probably inevitably and understandably were feeling sorry for yourself, and then you saw someone else's journey and thought to yourself, boy, I'm pretty spoiled to, to be feeling sorry for myself because look what they're going through. And and were there steps along the way that other people provided to Chuck Pagano a perspective and an appreciation? Yeah, no question. Uh, Ryan Darby uh, was the young man. He was a boy. He was a child. He's like six, seven years old. And he's talking about when you go through chemo, coach, you want to chew ice because it'll help you, um, you know, try to avoid uh, the mouth sores and the sores that go down your esophagus, your throat, and things that are, I guess, just a nightmare. And he said, so chew ice or better yet, when I was going through mine, I, I would get popsicles and chew those. And cherry was my, my favorite flavor. So, you know, that advice and coming from, you know, a six-year-old kid, uh, you know, at, at the time, yeah, it does bring you great perspective. And it, it's kind of a slap in the face, like, okay, because once we see somebody do it and beat it and win, it's like, okay, if, if he can do this, hell, I can do this. So, you know, buckle up your chin strap, you know, stiffen your spine, set that jaw, and battle this son of a gun. Uh, and, you know, in my case, again, I was very fortunate and had great, great care, uh, from, from everybody at, at IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center. And, and so, yeah, I mean, and that's just, that's just one story. And so we're, we're humbled and blessed to, to be here today still and, and be able to try to pay this thing forward and, and encourage and help others through their battle. Did you maintain a relationship with, you said Ryan Darby, right? Ryan. Yeah. Did you maintain a relationship yeah, so, yeah, with him? Yeah, he's healthy. He's thriving. Uh, I, yeah, I emailed through his mom. I, he's probably got his own phone now and his own email address because I, I used to go through his mother. You know, I would get a, a text or an email from her, and then I'd email back to her. It was it was it was awesome. And he, we sent him a helmet. He sent me this picture back, and he had this helmet on, and he doing his Heisman pose. Uh, I still, you know, it was hung in my office uh, until the day they let me go, and I packed up my office here in India in '17. But uh, it's somewhere in storage, and when we we get our stuff out of storage in Boise, I pull that out and and hang that back up in in you know my new office uh, once we get that thing you know built. But uh, yeah, it's it's crazy how how much you keep up with with so many people like that. Chuck Pagano is our guest. He's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. And, of course, the Chuck Strong, again, gala. 
11.0, as you had mentioned, raising over now uh, into the, the second decade, if you will, of millions of dollars for cancer research at Indiana University. I wanted to ask you, Coach, you know, this is the, the time of year as you get set for the draft, not you, but but teams are getting ready for the draft. Can you give us some perspective on, as you get down to the nitty-gritty, I, I can't imagine that there would be players that that teams are unfamiliar with at this point. You've probably scouted every one. But for, as a head coach, was there a particular point in the draft where you, where some players were a little bit you were vague on because you hadn't had a chance to see to that level of depth and you had to trust your scouts? And how much say in the very – when it comes down to it, how much say does the head coach have versus GM owner? Yeah, that's always uh, a collaborative effort, uh, if you will. I think, you know, probably everybody uh, tries to manage uh, the draft that way uh, and everybody being on the same page. The first part of your question about knowing everybody in the in the draft and the 260-plus players that are uh, going to come off the board through seven rounds, you're not going to know every single one of them. But the, at the top of that draft – Obviously, the, the the first three rounds, and then into you know day three, four through seven, you, you've got a pretty good feel for most of those guys. But you have to trust your GM. You have to trust the front office people. Your your you know pro personnel guys, your your college uh, scouting guys, the guys that are grinding, the guys that are on the road. Um, you know that that whole that whole year traveling around and visiting all these colleges and, and researching these players and evaluating these players uh, for a, a lot of time. You know, the top 30 guys, you know, you bring in, I mean, you're going to know those guys like the back of your hand. But then it's a, it's a trust deal. Right now everybody's finalizing their boards. They're doing, you know, finalizing their draft meetings. And the hay is almost in the barn, so to speak. And you get your, you get your board set. It may get tweaked here in the next, you know, you know, next few days uh, ahead. Uh, but then, as those names start to fly off, you you trust your board, you trust your your scouts, you trust the the rankings and the grade that you have on them, and 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 then you let the you let all that you let all that preparation and that process kind of handle handle everything. But then, you know, there's going to be a time where the guy that you want is sitting right there, and all of a sudden, either somebody leapfrogs you, there's a trade. Uh, you know, he falls off the board, and that's why uh, you have a cluster. Uh, you have a you have a plan, and you're not caught, you know, with your pants down. But yeah, it's a it's a collaborative effort, and it's it's okay. This is this is a this is the pick. This is the guy, and and we've got a plan to uh, develop this kid and make sure that he's very very successful. Do you miss that process, or does it suck? Because it sounds like at times it would suck. <laughs> no, I, no, I mean it's it's. It's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. You know, you just don't watch a, a highlight. Get on YouTube now, and that's what I do now. because I, I don't have access to all the college tapes, so I just go to YouTube. Thank God, and pull up names and watch four or five clips and think I know a player. You know, inside <laughs> out. But you know, oh man, this guy. But you, you know, they're they're just showing you all the good. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> then you realize that it was put together by his YouTube page. <laughs> Right. No question. Yeah, his handler, his dudes, <laughs> his guys, his mama, you know, his auntie, you know, whoever, right? But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's fun. I, I love this part of it. 
because it's always it's always fascinating. It's always a thrill to see, you know, did you hit this guy? Did you have him pegged and evaluated exactly? You know, and there is no exact science to, science to us. You know, we all know how huge this draft is. You know, for for our beloved Colts, uh, you know, coming up, uh, and how important it's going to be to to get this to hit on this this quarterback of the future, this franchise quarterback. Um, I'm assuming that's what we're going to do, or they're going to do. Uh, I don't want to speak out of line here, but it's it was always fun uh, exercise to to see just how you know how close and. And everybody sees it different. So those discussions, going through that process and talking, you know, through scouts, because again, everybody sees sees people a little bit different. So they were they were exciting and fascinating, you know, process and discussions talking about these guys. Chuck, last one, and we appreciate your time on what is a very busy day and certainly going to be a pretty fun night. Um, you know, this time of year, and you guys only had, you know, really one top 10 pick during your tenure here, and obviously that was Andrew Luck at number one overall. So maybe it's different when you're as high as the Colts are right now in the draft order. But how much, like, lying happens this time of year? Like, we're going to hear from Chris Boward at noon today at his press conference. Like, how much lying goes around the National Football League when it comes down to the draft this time of year? Uh, there's some gamesmanship, you know, being played. Um, but I don't, I don't think there's, you can't say much, you know, so you're going to, they're going to say a lot with, with revealing very little, right. And, and kind of be as upfront and forthright as you possibly can. You may throw a few smoke screens out there, you know, Houston, for example, Hey, you know, we're not dead set on taking a quarterback here or two. So you put that line in the water and, and see if you get any nibbles and get any bites. Right. So I think that's all part of this, this, this whole deal and the draft process. It's fun. It's exciting. Uh, all of us fans out there now, I mean, love it. You love the drama of it, the history on it, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, there, there's some, there's some gamesmanship there. There's some smoke screens uh, that happened, but It'll be fascinating to see how it plays out. Of the YouTube clips that you've watched, let, we'll take Bryce Young off the board because let's say Carolina does take him. So between C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Chuck Pagano, the quarterback of those three that has most impressed you is which? Well, I think just from a body of work, I think you've got to, if you can, you go C.J. Stroud, just where he played, the level of competition, uh, his tape, I mean, he's as clean uh, of a prospect uh, as there is out there. Uh, again, there's no exact science. There's no surefire. Who knows what's going to happen? But, you know, Anthony Richardson, the skill set, uh, the, athletic, the athletic ability, and his ceiling, his ceiling is so friggin' high. It, it, that would be a really fun deal. I mean, and, and Shane's offense, and see what he did with, with Jalen Hurts. But, yeah, so probably C.J. and then – if you end up with Anthony Richardson, I know as a defensive coach, game planning and preparing to stop that guy that's a dual threat, that's a nightmare. Will Levis, last one I'll ask you. Will Levis, your thought. Yeah, he's he's a solid, solid prospect and uh, a really good talent, big, strong, you know, Andrew Luck, you know, type of, you know, big physical dude with a, a cannon for arm can make – can make all the throws. Um, 
a great kid, a great teammate, great leader. You just you can watch when you watch these guys at their pro day, and you watch them during games. You look close. You want to see the interaction, you know. And I look at you know Will Levis, and I look at his pro day, and I see the camaraderie and how how teammates cheer for a guy. But you can tell right away whether a guy is beloved and 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 liked and and respected by his peers and his teammates just by watching those workouts. So. Uh, this guy is is a, a fabulous football player. If you if you end up with with Will Levis, uh, you're getting you're getting a really really good football player. It's one of the best events all year in this city, and that's saying something. Um, Chuck, congrats! Um, shout out to the Ursay family. I know how much they've meant to you throughout all of this. Again, 11th annual Chuck Strong Gala, over 12 million for cancer research for the IU IU Simon Cancer Center. Uh, have a great time tonight, Coach. Thank you. Thank you, guys.